Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the mini break. Your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, June 14th. It was a day on the ATP and WTA tours that had us questioning, is this result really an upset? Now, what do I mean by that? Of course, it's only day three of the 2023 grass court season. All of these players still dipping their toes into what is maybe the most dramatic changing of surfaces we see all year long on the calendar. Simply put, nothing plays like a grass court anymore. The speed of the surface, while it has been slowed down, it's just unlike anything else we see in our game nowadays. Yes, I know there's indoor hardcore tennis, but hardcore bounces are always true, and that's just not the case on grass courts. Those chips that stay extra low, those bad bounces you see off the chalk, off a line, or just the fact that, again, boldness, aggression is rewarded because it's that much more difficult to recover to the center, to play defense on this surface. That's what I mean when I say are the results we saw today truly upsets? And of course, I want to go through all of them. Now, there's no doubt there was a big upset on the day. And if you've been a longtime listener, as I know many of you have been of this mini break podcast show, you know I'm all in on the long-term prospects of 19-year-old American Ashlyn Kruger. She's a former USDA Girls 18's national champion that got her a wild card into the U.S. Open main draw at a very young age. And look, whether it was watching her during that San Diego run, watching that subsequent U.S. Open match, or following her progress ever since. The weapons Ashlyn Kruger brings to the court match in, match out, they're just real. And we saw maybe the best version of those weapons on Wednesday as she knocked out Victoria Azarenka. Now, again, on today's show, obviously, I want to get into that match. All the action we saw unfold across the ATP and WTA tours. There were certainly other seeds knocked out on the day. I mean, top seed Maria Sakkari made me look foolish. I predicted her to win title number two this week. Spoiler alert, she will not, as she was knocked out by Alize Cornet. Now, how much was that match an upset? How much was it just a byproduct of a bad day at the office for Sakkari? We can talk about that here on today's show, what that bad day at the office says about Sakkari. 30,000-foot view, though, again, it's so early in the grass court season. Do you really want to read too deeply into any of these results? We'll go through all the women's action as it occurred in Nottingham in Netherlands throughout the corner. Not as it occurred. I don't know why I used that turn of phrase, but we'll recap all the action that did occur throughout the course of the day in Nottingham, in Netherlands, on the WTA Tour, of course. On the men's side, same deal. What qualifies as an upset? Is Mackie McDonald's victory over Borna Chorich truly an upset this early in the grass court season, or given the level we've seen, I suppose, more broadly from Chorich over the course of the past few months? I don't know if you'd qualify it as one. I don't know if Rusevori knocking out Umberg 
technically qualifies as that true definition of a shocking upset, even if Umber has the bigger track record on grass courts. We'll take them case by case here on today's show. Again, take you through all of Wednesday's tour-level results in Nottingham, Netherlands, and Stuttgart. Of course, I do want to continue to offer you an ATP Challenger update. Two events I have my eye on in particular. The men have a Challenger in Nottingham. There's also a Challenger happening in Puerto Rico. We saw the return, successful return, of Kei Kori to the court. Now, he looked excellent through the first hour. Things slowed down as the match progressed, but what can we expect from Nishikori? I'll tell you what, on our Cracked Interviews podcast today, Bloomfield Hills Challenger Tournament Director and owner David DeMuth let us know we're going to see Nishikori stateside at the start of July. He'll be in southeastern Michigan playing that Bloomfield Hills, hopefully, Challenger event if his body cooperates. Obviously, we got Milos Raonic earlier this week as well. It's a fun week to be a fan of all things professional tennis. And on today's show, I want to make sure all of you fans are well-equipped to monitor all the action as it unfolds this week. Of course, I mention that podcast with David DeMuth before we get to today's show. A couple more quick plugs and then we'll hop to it. David DeMuth's joined me this week on the Cracked Interviews podcast. Austin Krejcik, 2023 French Open men's doubles champion and recently crowned ATP doubles world number one, joined me on the Cracked Interviews podcast. Both fantastic interviews, obviously one player-centric, one we get into the weeds. We get to nerd out, talk about what it takes to put on a Challenger event, obviously get you all hyped for that upcoming Bloomfield Hills Challenger. Two fun conversations I know you'll all enjoy, of course, over on our Great Shot podcast feed, Damian Coos, Jakob Bobro, break down every week's action on the ATP Challenger Tour. Of course, this week we'll also have our final deciding point of the 2023 season where myself, Chris Helioris, and John J. Parsons are going to be handing out our 2023, excuse me, Division One Men's Tennis Awards. Let's just try that again. We haven't done this in a while. Westoff, give me a rewind sound effect, please. Where John J. Parsons, Chris Helioris, and myself will be handing out our 2023 Division One Men's Tennis One more time. Westoff, rewind sound effect, please. This is the editing process live, folks. You wonder what we do here at Cracked Rackets. That's what it looks like. We'll leave both of those in. 2023 College Tennis Division I Men's Award Show. Myself, John J. Parsons, Chris Hallioris. That'll be available live on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Or I shouldn't say live because we have to pre-record this week due to some unforeseen circumstances. But that will be live on our feed and available to all of you on YouTube on Friday. It'll be available as a Great Shot Podcast episode on Friday as well. That's what's going on on the podcast front. Of course, if you're looking for more pro tennis action and if you're stateside looking for it at a more reasonable hour, we got you covered as we're going to have our continued coverage of the 2023 USTA SoCal Pro Series, a series of 15K ITF Pro Circuit events where we get to see players like Fang Ran Tian, the recent NCAA singles champion who won her second career pro singles title last week week. She's actually joining me on the Cracked Interviews podcast next week, so a little tease for all of you listeners, but players like her, former top 30 junior in the world, Jack Anthrop, just made a singles final. You've got former college guys like Jacob Brum, Colin Sinclair in the mix, uh, 
the Aaron Cayetanos of the world. I mean, I could go on and on. It's a fan, it's everything we love, the nexus of all those sorts of levels of tennis that we cover here at Crack Rack. It's all available in one event. USTA SoCal Pro Series will have coverage of the final five weeks of the event, Saturday, Sunday, on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. That's what we've got on a content front, on the content front, excuse me, here at Crack Rackets. Of course, the reason we're able to provide your content here on the mini break podcast feed is because of the support we get day out, day in, day out. I'm going to get English right here on this podcast. Leave that in. Day in, day out on this show. Of course, we also get fantastic support from our dear friends at Tennis Point, and you all know for the latest and greatest products at the best prices, tennis-point.com. Use our promo code CR15 to let them know that we sent you there. All right. All the mistakes, the unforced errors, dare I say, out of the way in the opening monologue. Let's talk about Wednesday's action now across the ATP and WTA tours. Start with the women. I'm going to start in Nottingham. It just makes things a little bit easier for me chronologically. The most notable result of the day, and you had three seeds knocked out on the day in Nottingham, so plenty of upsets, quote-unquote, to discuss, but most notably has to be the fact that top seed Maria Sakkari not just knocked out, knocked out in straight sets in a match that was never truly competitive against the French veteran Alizé Cornet. Now, look, Alizé Cornet beat Iga Sviantek on grass courts last year. Her prowess on this surface need not be rehashed and you know, she's one of the few players who can say, yeah, I've played 50 grass court matches in my career. Are you kidding me? I've played well more than that because, again, veteran's veteran is Alizé Cornet. But the story of this match is Maria Sakkari was just bad. She looked like a fish out of water. The forehand, it just sprayed. And it sprayed wide. It sprayed long. It started being slapped into the net. She had a a brief run in the second set because, for those that don't know, Maria Sakkari again knocked out 6-1, 6-4. She went down 5-love, I believe, in the first set. Went down a quick 2-love in the second set. Had chances to break back for 2-all, but again, apologies for the pun given all the slippage that happens on grass court, but she never found her footing in this match. And it's a credit to Alizé Cornet, who legitimately was just firing bump lobs up into the air and, you know, firing, it's just putting the ball in play. Like, it was a very simple game plan. She allowed Sakari to defeat herself on this day. And again, 30,000-foot view, some will look at this draw. Beatrice Haddad Maya knocked out early. The third seed is Magda Lynette, obviously from a tier perspective, big picture. Seeds like Lynette and you know, Julin and uh, some of the other seeds still alive, even a Camilla Georgie, they're just not on the tier that one would consider more broad, a 30,000-foot view Maria Sakkari to rest in. And so she should have been the prohibitive favorite in Nottingham this week. But the surface transition is hard, and that ball was just staying low, and everything was a little mistimed. And, you know, looking from a serving perspective uh, for Maria Sakkari never helps the fact that, you know, she made fewer than 60% of her first serves in this match, won just 10 of her 27 second serve points. And it was a credit to Cornet who depth was the key. All she had to do was get that ball past the service line. And really within the first four balls, Sakkari was offering a, an unforced error. Now, you look for Maria Sakkari, her track record on the grass courts, and keep in mind there was no grass court tennis in 2020 
or 2021, really. Um, you look for her career on grass courts, Maria Sakari, 24-17. and 17. She still just played 41 matches on grass courts in her career, has made a semifinal in Berlin, couple of quarterfinals in Nottingham. Best result ever at Wimbledon, I believe, was third round, which she made in 2022. Oh, there was grass court tennis in 2021, Alex. It was just 2020. What were you thinking? But still fewer than 50 matches. And I know she's 27, turning 28 this July. But I'm just saying, grass court tennis is really freaking hard. And she looked really good at round one. And she faced someone in Alize Cornet. You know, Wang Shiyu provided so much pace in the first match. Alize Cornet was the polar opposite from a game style perspective. Look, the takeaway is Sakari played poorly. I'm not reading, you know, is she a top five contender to win the Wimbledon title? No, she's not. Something dramatic would have to happen in the next month. That's, I suppose, the takeaway is for her to crack that list. I need to see something significant. But credit to Alize Cornet, who did what she does. Again, you have to play well. Not exceptional, but well always to beat Alice Cornet because she's just not going to give you anything for free. She didn't today. One in four victory. She advances to the quarterfinals. And you look for Alice Cornet, that might just be her first quarterfinal. I think it is of this 2023 season. Alice Cornet, excuse me. Yeah, last quarterfinal came on her way to the final in Monastir in October of last year. Made a 125K quarterfinal in Paris in May, but first WTA level quarterfinal of the year for the 33-year-old French veteran. Again, three seeds, though, knocked out on the day. Another player who's got a, a track record of grass court success, and so I don't know how much of an upset this is, Victoria Gulabic, 6-4-6-1 over Donna Vekic. It was a very competitive first set. And I thought Vekic did a great job. She was down break multiple times. She was aggressive on her return of serve, aggressive in choosing her spots to hit to the outer third because, of course, the moment you open yourself up, open court space up, you also open up court space on yourself. And Golovic took did such a good job of taking advantage of that. She hits her on the run forehand so well. She hits her slice backhand so well. And that ball just generated so many unforced errors off the racket of Donna Vekic. Look, Golubic doesn't do a ton with the first serve, but she hit her spots well. She made Vekic uncomfortable enough that Vekic, again, lost her rhythm on the return of serve. Golubic did a really good job of taking her plus one to the open court and mixing up her spots behind that plus one. Again, it was a poor service performance for Donna Vekic. She only made 52% of her first serves. And again, I'm not making excuses, but you look for Donna Vekic. Actually, she's played 58 career matches on grass court. She's someone who has won a title in Nottingham, who's made a second week at Wimbledon. So, I mean, for what it's worth, Golubic has also made a second week at Wimbledon in her career. You look for Victoria Golubic, uh, who I believe, when was it? Was that Wimbledon run? I want to say it might have even been that 2021 run to the Wimbledon quarterfinals. Yes, indeed it was when she beat Kudermatova, Collins, and Keys before getting knocked out by the eventual finalist, Pliskova. Yeah, like Victoria Golubic's slice is never more effective than on this surface. She attacks the open space well. She's comfortable moving forward. The 30, she's the Albert Ramos Vinolas of grass courts, dare I say, Victoria Golubic, with how well her game translates to this surface. So again, it is an upset given Vekic's track record on this surface, given her, I mean, their differing levels of success, I suppose, in the past nine months. But 
Yeah, Donna Vekic has struggled a little bit of late. It's concerning because this is definitely a month she can have some success, but it's a good win for Golovic. I thought was just the better player. And then, you know, to wrap things up here in terms of the Nottingham recap, same deal with Heather Watson. Just was more physical, more comfortable, 4-4 four and four victory for her over Tatiana Maria. Of course, Heather Watson has also had some success on grass courts in her career. You look for the now 31-year-old. That is crazy to say out loud. But of course, 58-50 in her career on grass courts. This is someone who's made a semifinal in Birmingham, someone who's made a semifinal in Eastbourne, who's you know made finals of a, a 100K in Surbiton, Someone who's had a lot of grass court success. She's another one you got to keep an eye out for. And of course, given she's from Great Britain, she'll get some wild cards into these events, uh, making the most of getting into qualifying here. She qualifies, gets into the main draw, now into the quarterfinals. That'll be a nice boost. She started the week number 194. Heather Watson with this run all the way back up 42 spots to number 153 for the 31-year-old. Your other result, Magdalena Freak. Two and four over Zhu Lin. Now, I know Zhu Lin obviously has made her biggest strides of her career come this season, but you look for her in her career on the grass courts. Uh, overall, Zhu Lin coming into the day uh, 12 and 22. She's now 12 and 23. This has never been a surface where the 29 year old's game has shined. Magdalena Freak just looked far more comfortable. It's as simple as that. And so, again, the 2-4 and four victory, yes, an upset technically, but Freak 71 is the 25-year-olds in the rankings, which, by the way, new career high on the back of this quarterfinal. You know, Julin, yes, she was the number 8 seed. Where is she? Actually, she's pretty high in the rankings, 38. So I upset a name only because, again, track record on the grass courts, advantage Magdalena Freak. That's everything that happened today in Nottingham. Again, to recap those results, your winners, Alize Cornet over Sakari, Golubic over Vekic, Freak over Zhu Lin, uh, Watson over Tatiana Maria, all four of those matches coming in straight sets on the day. That's your action in Nottingham. Let's move over to the Netherlands now, where again, we've got a joint site. ATP WTA event will start on the women's side of things. Far more straightforward for the top seeds, and we can blitz through them quickly. Kudermatova, 1-3 over Carol Zhao. The weapons look good. The aggression looks good. She's a comfortable mover on this surface as well, and how flat her ball is, how low it stays. If she has a good, you know, obviously she's made the quarterfinals here in week number one, but if she can make two semifinals, Kudermatova could sneak into my top five contenders list because outside of Sabalenka, and obviously defending champ Elena Rabakina. You know, Iga's got to be three on that list. Just out of respect, who's four and five? Like Pagula, probably. Benchich, maybe, but you got to see something from her in the warm-up. I think Kudermatova can work her way. You know, Samsonova, Kavitova, sure, but you want to see something from them in the warm-up. I think absolutely Kudermatova can work her way into that conversation. Not tier one contender, but tier two Tier three, why not? And so, again, big win for Kudermatova. She's one to watch this week. Samsonova, after getting pushed 7 6 in the third and round one, boy, did she write the strip uh, ship against Polina Kudermatova. 6 4 6 1 victory. Kudermatova, much needed, uh, excuse me, Samsonova, much needed quarterfinal to steady the ship and again make one more top 10 push before all those year end 2022 points begin to come off her resume. Three set win for Alexandra Sasnovich. Not too shabby for the veteran Sasnovich, who right now uh, sitting at 81 in the rankings is the 29-year-old. 
I mean, she reached that, that 29 ranking, I believe, last season and made a bunch of different third round, fourth rounds uh, throughout the course of the year. So, again, she struggled so far this season. You look for the 29-year-old Sasnovich overall this year. It's actually her first quarterfinal since Cleveland of last season, and you look for her now 10-13 and 13 overall in the year. Two wins coming here this week. Much-needed reset uh, for the 29-year-old heading into the rest of uh, heading into this second half of the year last results the most notable of course and this is the one no doubt upset on the day not just that it happened but the scoreline and fashion in which it did Ashlyn Kruger the 19 year old American 6362 over third seeded Victoria Azarenka that Kruger forehand's a cannon. It reminds me of the way, not exactly in terms of technique, but how she explodes through it. It reminds me of a Nikolas Yari or a Karen Hatchinov on how, yeah, they they sit on it and it's an, an extended and accentuated take back, but the racket speed and explosion through the shoulder. I mean, Ashlyn Kruger. I don't, you know, it's not lean with it, rock with it, but shoulder lean. That's early 2000s. Shout out to anyone who can tell me the name of that track. Uh, let me see a bounce with it. Look and let your shoulder lean. That's just a little more context in case you needed more than just shoulder lean uh, for the lyric to let me know what song that is. But she leans into the ball so well. And I mean, she's what, 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, and just that height on the serve and how she explodes down the tee. There were times when you're like, is that Paula Bedosa with that height, that length, how she uses her body to extend through the ball? Again, the movement's still a work in progress, but I mean, Victoria Azarenka was a little hobbled. It was a little sloppy. I mean, she was certainly worn down by the pace of Kruger throughout the course of the match, but God, was the 19-year-old impressive throughout the course of the day. And you look for Ashlyn Kruger now, 44-27 and 27 overall in her last 52 weeks, 24-15 and 15 here this year. And that includes, you know, a run to a 60K final, a run to a couple of semifinals at the 60K level as well. She wins a qualifying match at the Australian Open, qualifies for Indian Wells, and two qualifying wins at Roland Garros before, you know, again, two main draw victory wins here Uh and her first WTA level, I believe it's her first WTA level quarterfinal uh, of her career. Let's see, career quarterfinals. This is her first. Well-deserved for the 19-year-old, who obviously with this result now up to a new career hive, number 141 in the live rankings. And, you know, again, I was having this discussion not with my younger brother, but with my older brother, Eric Gruskin, who was asking me, you know, who talking post-French Open about the Djokovic Post-Djokovic-Nadal-Federer-Serena-Malays, who are the next stars. And, you know, obviously, Iga, Alcaraz, Sinners, Runas, play Goffs, they're the obvious stars. But he was asking me, beyond that, who do I look towards? And, you know, I was going through how many talented young, you know, women there are right now in the top 200 of the WTA rankings. And right now, you look for Ashlyn Kruger. She's the seventh highest ranked teenager. And, like, the fact that she's only seventh highest speaks to how many talented teenagers there are because obviously you still have Goff. You've got Linda Neskova, Linda Fruvertova, Diana Schneider, all in the top 100, deservedly so. You have the Andriva sisters. You have Brenda Fruvertova. You have, you know, uh, Ashlyn Kruger. How about Robin Montgomery, who's currently sitting at a new career high of number 165, the 18-year-old American. You've got 
I mean, I could I could keep listing them. You can go on and on. And by the way, those are the players under 20. If you want to start including some 20-year-olds, Jung Chin Wen, Marta Kostyuk, 21-year-olds like Stearns, McNally, and, you know, Osorio, Tossin, who certainly Perry aren't going anywhere as well. It's really good. It's a really fun spot to be in. And again, Ashlyn Kruger, just the height, the weapons, the belief, the ability to play on her terms against someone with the weapons of of Victoria Azarenka, her ability to serve out that match, even when it got a little dicey at the end. I was extraordinarily impressed with Kruger in making her first quarterfinal at the WTA level. And again, I've been impressed with her for a while. You just have to have weapons. You have to have an ability to play on your terms. And her serve, her forehand at 19 years old, much as I thought with Katie McNally two years ago, even if the results weren't quite there yet, the game was. And that's what you learned from about Ashlyn Kruger today is the game is there. And on the right day, she just has top 100 weapons to make anyone uncomfortable. Now, again, tough day at the office for Vika. Only made 50% of her first serves and just looked a little hobbled moving in and out of her corners. But that's because, again, she was facing, dare I say, elite weaponry from Ashlyn Kruger. If you haven't already, give Kruger a look this week. She's another just talented young player to watch for. But that's everything that's happened. Again, your two WTA events, Nottingham and Netherlands, here this week. Let's stick in the Netherlands as we move over to the ATP side of things. And, you know, again, now we got get to see some of the top seeds in action in uh, all of our events as we progress in the week. And, you know, you got to see two of your top four seeds in the Netherlands in play. Now, we haven't seen Daniil Medvedev yet, but you got to see the start of the grass court season for Yannick Sinner, and it looked good. It looked really good. He took it to Sasha Bublik, 6-4, 6-2, in a match where, yes, Bublik was frustrated. He was drop shotting. He was underhand serving. He was doing all of his Bublik things. But more than anything, he was overwhelmed because the pace of the Yannick Sinner ball, I don't know how you return that ball and expect to get out of your corner and track down the next shot he throws at you. And the continued progression for Sinner and how he's looked to move forward and how he's progressed as a volleyer, that progression is never more rewarded than on this surface. And his ability to take a return on the rise, take time away from you, neutralize things, and then, you know, from neutral, just overwhelm you with his ground strokes, then move forward behind the positioning he creates for himself. He's a top five contender right now. I know it's one match. I know I'm overreacting. But keep in mind, it's the Bublik serve. It's the Bublik volleying. And I don't think Sasha Bublik played poorly in this match. I thought he was locked in, especially in that first set. I'm telling you. Sinner's the player outside of Kruger. I guess Sinner's the men's player who impressed me the most here uh, throughout the course of the day. That would be my answer. I just, and he made the quarterfinals last year. He was up two sets to love on Djokovic. I know Medvedev wasn't in the draw last year. Right now, Yannick Sinner is number two on my list. And Medvedev's uh, three, because Medvedev has to be two. Djokovic obviously won. But right now, Yannick Sinner is my number three contender, above Alcaraz, above anyone else on these grass courts. And you can say it's one match, but to me, it's just how well his ball and his aggression are going to fit this surface, as well as how well he returns to give himself a chance to get things back to neutral. And then again, use his weapons from there. I mean, the good news is we get the Spider-Man meme, Sinner versus 
center point nine or diet Yannick Sinner, as I like to refer to him, and Yann, uh, Emil Rusevori, who was up and had his shots to close things out in straight sets. Now, he didn't, and ultimately, Ugo Umbert, the lefty, made things interesting, but it's another quarterfinal for Emil Rusevori. Just continues to rack him up, this time 6-2, 6-7, 6-4 in the third. Again, everything I said about Yannick Sinner applies to Emil Rusevori, just 0.85% to the extent of the degree of effectiveness of what he does. And look, the 24-year-old Finn has established his place in the top 50. He's 45 in the world. He's really good. I would not want to face him. And he might be a second-tier dark horse, dare I say, as we look at Wimbledon. Not a guy who I think can make a quarterfinal run, but if he popped into a round of 32 after beating a seed, or dare I say even a round of 16 with the right draw, would it shock me? No, given his weapons. But that's a really fun match between he and Sinner in the quarterfinals. Again, a little Spider-Man Mimi. I'm looking forward to a good result from Rusevori on the day. How about the former, I mean, a guy who's made a second week at Wimbledon, former NCAA singles champion Mackie McDonald, 4-4 four and four over Borna Chorich. And look, Mackie's a shot maker. It's rewarded most on this surface. He hits this inside-out forehand against Chorich early in the match. It's an angle that almost feels like it had to be a misfit. It was dirty. It was effective. I mean, he, he passes so well. He anticipates so well. He volleys so well. He returns so well. There's a reason he's made a second week at Wimbledon. And is Mackie McDonald winning Wimbledon? No. But absolutely can beat a seed. Absolutely can make a third, fourth round appearance. And right now you look for Mackie McDonald currently sitting at number 66 in the rankings, 28 years old. But hey... He's going to get to play all four slams this year. And, you know, again, once you've started to play, I don't know, 10 slams in your career, if you've made even two second rounds of the 10, now you've made around $500,000. If you play 15 slams and you've made a fourth round like he has, now you've netted at least, what, a million, a million five in your career from slams alone. Uh, Maybe not a million five. That's a little strong. But probably a million from the slams alone. And now you, you know, again, you, it's a real profession. I don't know how else to say it. You're doing your job. You're making good money. You're living the life. You are a pro athlete for a guy who had his hamstring, dare I say, almost ripped off his body and how severe that injury was at the end of 2019 and heading into 2020. Mackey's a top 100 guy. There's no doubt about it. And he's into another quarterfinal. Now, Chorich was uncomfortable. Chorich, is still looking to find, again, Cincinnati feels more like uh, the exception, not the rule, in terms of what we've seen from George of late. But hey, credit to Mackey. Got the job done. Four and four. He advances. And look, now he's going to take on Rinky Hijikata. It's a very winnable match. And, you know, two guys who very similar game styles, how well they move, how cleanly they strike the ball, how explosive they are, even if neither guy's 6'2", 6'3". lot of uh, Spider-Man meme. The bottom half of the Netherlands, excuse me, these two quarterfinal matchups, Ruzavori Sinner, Hijikata Mackey, it's the Spider-Man meme. That's what we're getting on the men's side in the Netherlands. And for Rinky to, you know, again, to especially the height discrepancy on this surface, the 6'5 Hoosler just serving down aces on him, playing so aggressively and so successfully in set number one. Man, credit to Rinky, who just said, you know what? I'd rather lose making unforced errors than lose just getting pummeled. And started hitting so, you know, started hitting out 
on his first strike and just started playing that much more aggressively and, you know, again, saw all of his aggressive decisions pay dividends with the success he was able to manifest and gets a late break after getting a return low on Hoosler and forcing a, you know, Hoosler sprays on the approach shot so he breaks for 7-5 and from there just rode the momentum, played with such great energy, such great poise and intensity, the sort of intensity, dare I say, you always see in the team environment in college tennis. And so look, first pro quarterfinal for Rinki Hichikata. And, you know, again, he spent two years at UNC, but Hichikata, who won the 2023 Australian Open men's doubles title, 22-year-old's currently sitting at 125 in the ATP live singles rankings. He's made a bunch, you know, after making, having so much success at the futures level, and he played like 20 Futures events consecutively and won a bunch of them to build himself up to the challenger level. Now he's made a bunch of challenger level, uh, excuse me, challenger quarterfinals consecutively and has gotten himself into a position where top 150, he can play ATP qualifying. Now he's getting in, albeit as a lucky loser, but still getting into main draws via qualifying and he's making quarterfinals at the tour level. That's doing it the hard way, folks. Gotta respect the 22-year-old Tichikato, who again, Elite athlete, elite twitchiness, so springy. He's never a guy who you're going to confuse, you know, 6'5", 6'6", just that elite serve that makes life so easy for himself on tour. No, he has to do it the hard way. It is so impressive. Credit to Rinki Hichikata, dear friend of the show here at Crack Rackets. First pro quarterfinal back into the top 130. And again, Chorich versus, uh, excuse me, Hichikata versus McDonald, Sinner versus Rusevore are two quarterfinals set thus far. Obviously, Daniil Medvedev is going to get his play underway uh, tomorrow as we'll have our second half of the round of 16. Last but not least, in terms of tour-level action, let's talk about the ATP event we saw in Stuttgart. No upsets on the day. This was your most straightforward. We'll rapid-fire through these. Look, Hubi gets tested. If you have a big serve, if you have a weapon to play through Hubi's forehands, there are going to be errors throughout the course of the match. But man, Hubi Hercot stays the course. He stays aggressive. Was gifted a double fault on match point. Nevertheless, 4-6-7-6-7-6. His speed, his size, his boldness. It's all rewarded on this surface. And for Hubi into the quarterfinals here in Stuttgart, obviously a Wimbledon semifinalist. All he needs is confidence, and absolutely he could be a sneaky top five contender heading into Wimbledon. Not there now because the level just hasn't been there, but we certainly know what he's capable of. And hey, he's a guy, if he makes two semifinals in the next three weeks leading into Wimbledon, you have to probably have him on his top in your top five list, or at least in the conversation, barring some of the results we may see elsewhere that said, while that was your most entertaining match of the day, I think the most significant was Francis Tiafoe's 7-6-6-4 win over Yuri Lechechka. I know this fact, and yet looking at it, the fact that Francis Tiafoe right now is sitting at a career high of 11 in the live rankings, Francis Tiafoe's 11 in the world. It's no longer a work in progress. It's no longer, oh, the forehand will get there, or, oh, once he peaks physically like he's just going to be a nightmare matchup and the creativity and the totality of things he can do it's like no that's just kind of what it is now like he brings that effort he brings that physicality he brings that focus each and every match that he plays and look it always helps to have a U.S. Open semifinal on your resume to pad your stats but 47 and 22 over the last 52 weeks Tiafo maybe the quietest 24 and 9 we don't talk about enough 
on the ATP Tour this year, made an Indian Wells semifinal, won a title in Houston, a couple of third rounds at the majors, but you look for Tiafa right now, he's currently sitting at 14th in the points race. He's beaten Tsitsipas at Wimbledon. Obviously, we saw him make the U.S. Open semifinals last year. His creativity, I mean, obviously serving to his forehand, you feel like on this surface more than any other, might be effective. But man, he's so good at hitting that bump, slice, cut, return, and it'll stay that much lower on you on this surface. Francis is going to be really good on grass courts, you just feel like. And so, interesting dark horse candidate to watch in terms of a guy who maybe could make a quarterfinal or semifinal run if it all clicks. You look at the track record for Francis on grass courts, just for those of you who I know must be curious, you look for Francis Tiafo overall in his career, 22-17. and 17. He has won a challenger on grass courts. Interesting. Interesting. Make a little footnote in that. That's a conversation for us to explore later on, I suppose, uh, throughout the course of this grass court season. Lorenzo Musetti played the best grass court match I've ever seen, and he won his first ATP-level grass court matches here this week in Stuttgart. Now reaches his first grass court quarterfinal, 3-3 three and three over Beret. He moved so well. The backhand slice was so effective. He did such a good job of keeping the ball in front of him, and his first step is so explosive that if he knows where the ball is going, he's going to get there every time. Musetti was awesome. I was extraordinarily impressed. 3-3 three and three victory. And then how about Chris O'Connell? How well he moved. He played the best defense I've seen of the grass court season through these first three days. 6-3 and three win for, Sinego, uh, for him over Senego. You look for O'Connell now. 29-year-old quietly, very quietly this year. Up to new career high. 67 in the live ranking. Shout out to you, Chris O'Connell. We see your success. We see you making that push. Might not be as dramatic as guys like Karatsev or others who have made one significant run and now Struff even earlier this year and you know made that massive push, but slow and steady for Chris O'Connell has ultimately helped him win the race. And so, uh, yeah, again, it's been awesome to see. Shout out to Chris O'Connell. That's where things stand in your four tour level events, and that's where things stand right now in Stuttgart. Now, quick update on our two challengers. Nottingham, you saw Nuno Borges, our guy, three-set victory. Dom Kofer knocked out Arthur Ferry. Lothagen, three-set win over Jerry Shang. Shima Burkuru, a straight-set win over Liam Brody. I'm fascinated for tomorrow's matchup, Arthur Cazzo versus Zach Svida. Those are two young, talented players, and as good as that one is, even better. Gab Diallo, Alex Mickelson, that's a must-watch match for all of you Crack Rackets fans. You can find it on the ATP Challenger stream. How about Ryan Penniston? Made a huge run last year, the former Memphis standout. He's playing another young gun in Dom Stricker. Andy Murray's the worst match on the board in Nottingham yes, uh, tomorrow. That's my promise to all of you fans, and I know that's a crazy thing to say, but it is that good. Last but not least, shout out to our guy, Liam Draxel. He's into a challenger quarterfinal. Uh, shout out to our guy, Columbia freshman, rising sophomore now, Michael Zhang, the qualifier one in three over Marius Kopel. I'm telling you, Michael Zhang is so good. I've said this for a couple weeks now. Uh, I mean, I've said this for months now. Since I saw him last summer at the LS uh, exhibition event, real deal. Just keep an eye on the young American Junior Wimbledon finalist last year. He's good at everything. He's just so good at everything already. Now, I don't know what the elite weapon is, but again, 
good at everything. He's going to take on another dear friend of our show, a fellow AG, Alexi Galarno. Look, if these guys played tennis, uh, college tennis, they're friends of the show. I got the chance to know them, and I'm very fond of all of them. Um, but Lexi, a straight set win. He continues to close in on the top 200. Again, good win for Draxel over Colin Sinclair. Good win for Zukayev over Evan Zhu as well. Shout out Kei Nishikori, by the way. Makes his return to the court. Two and four victory over Christian Langmo. He's going to get a test physically. He'll take on Mitchell Kruger. I've never seen Mitchell Kruger make three unforced errors in a row. And so, you know, again, you want to see what Nishikori's level looks like. You can watch him this week. We can watch him later this summer. I'll get to see him in person in Bloomfield Hills. Very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to, again, the rest of this week as there's a lot of good tennis on the board. Yes, the 2023 French Open is the book in the books. But again, busy times for all of us here in the tennis world. And again, if you heard me at the start, you know we're going to keep you, keep you covered with everything happening in the tennis world here at Cracked Rackets, whether it's our college tennis award show, our coverage of the USDA SoCal Pro Series, those 15K ITF Pro events happening in Southern California. You name it, we've got it available to you. And of course, all that's made possible by our super producer, Danny Westoff, who as always has a of an editing job to do day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout out to him. Shout out, of course, as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR. 15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With that said, for my fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.